Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, good morning. This is our last message on supernatural, and it's going to be a good one. It's interesting, in, we've been going through the uh, gifts of the Spirit. These aren't all-inclusive, all the gifts. There are other gifts listed other places, but the ones we focused on were in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We are talking about prophecy, words, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, healing, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, miracles. And uh, we had workshops, and we had great teaching on it, and I want you to continue to press in and contend that God wants to use you, the Holy Spirit wants to flow through you uh, to do those things. But interesting, right after 1 Corinthians 12, you guess at 1 Corinthians 13, and that's where we're going to land today. We're going to be talking about love, but before I get into that, I, I want to share something that's been on my heart uh, with you. Over the last uh, two and a half months, uh, if you've been around Grace Capital Church, if you're a guest with us, you would have no clue about what I'm going to tell you. And you're just happy you're here, and I'm glad you're here. But if you've been around for a while, you would probably know that we've gone through some stuff as a church. We've gone through transitions. We've gone through change. And through this time, I, I have realized it's like, okay, Lord, I just got to keep coming to you. I've got to lead. I've got to help lead this congregation through this process. There's things that we've talked about that we wanted to make sure that we were focusing on health. We want to focus on the presence of God that's so important, right? The president, by the way, worship team, thank you so much for leading us to the presence of God this morning. It's fantastic. Let's give him a hand. It's amazing. And part of it, too, is, you know, my job as a lead pastor is, is I'm responsible for our four locations. So Manchester, Pittsfield, and Laconia. And, and our, we have a team of staff, and my job is to make sure that they're fully functioning in the calling that God has for them and helping them discover that calling. And as a result, we've We've talked about, we've walked through transitions. And as we've been going through that, I realize change is hard. We're New Englanders, we don't like change. And, and I've realized that sometimes people are resistant to it. But I, I started praying because I, I knew that there was feeling some, some tension and I was feeling some, some things like, God, what do, what do I need to do? What, am, am I doing something wrong? How do, you, do I need correction from you, Lord? What is it? And as I was preparing this message, I, I realized that there was something you know, so I have a gift of leadership. It is a spiritual gift, and, and you're saying, oh, great, Mark, you're like talking yourself up here, but, but really there's a spiritual gift of leadership, and God has given that to me. And, and one thing I realize with that, though, is I can lead you all day long into good places. I can lead you to the presence of God's Spirit. I can lead you into health, and I can lead you to God's preferred future. But if you don't know that I love you, all of that means nothing. I was reflecting on this message yesterday, and I was really, um, God struck that word for me. That I don't know, in, the, in my effort to try to lead you so well, that I think that maybe, just maybe, I've lost the opportunity to tell you how much I love you. And I want to tell you this morning that I love you deeply. But I also want to ask you to forgive me. If you felt if for some reason that you haven't experienced or felt loved by me, would you forgive me? 
Because I want to not only lead you well, but I also want to pastor you well, and I want to love you well. I want to love you well. And I, I need you to feel my love. And I know we're a big church. You're not going to always get personal time with me, always. But I want you to know that I'm, I'm, I want to be available to you, and I want to love you deeply. And, and if, I, if you don't feel that love, you come talk to me. It's like, Mark, where's the love, big guy? And I will give you a squeeze. And I say, I love you. And it's genuine from my heart. You see, because if, if we do all of these great things together, but if you, if you don't feel the love and if you don't know that it's birthed out of love, then all it is is just noise. That's what 1 Corinthians 13 says. If you have your Bibles, and thankfully I got all the tears out of the first service, so I didn't have to cry on you this morning. So that's a good thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I want you to just go up to the line ahead of that. By the way, if you have your cell phones and you want to follow along, if you don't have a Bible with you, you can go to the Bible app, version, click events, type in Grace Capital Church, and the event for today, you'll see our scriptures all listed there uh, for that. You can take notes right on that uh, application as well. But the line right before 1 Corinthians 13, it says this, and I will show you still a more excellent way. You see, 1 Corinthians 12 says, here's all the gifts. I want you to pursue all these gifts. But then he goes, I'm going to show you what's even greater than all of those. And we're going to read this. I'll read this to you, 1 Corinthians 13. And if I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but not have love, I'm a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. And here we go. This is what love is. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect Jesus Christ comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. The most excellent way is love. You see, we can have all these great gifts. I can lead you into some great places, but if you don't know that I love you and we love each other, it's all nothing. It means nothing. 
this is Palm Sunday. We've, we celebrate the time that Jesus comes into Jerusalem riding on a colt, as Phil has mentioned. Before we tell a little bit of that story, that account of Jesus coming into Jerusalem, I, I want you to think about those times that you, you did something, that big event or that, that function or that whatever. And, and I want you to think about how it is that you felt or the response that people gave you when you did that thing. Were you doing it out of selfish ambition? Were you doing it out of needing praise? Were you doing it out of performance? That last job that you just did for your work, how were you, what was your motive? What was your focus behind it? Was it to get the good job? Was it get to get the raise? I want us to think for a moment where our motivations come from because many times I think this is where we get, we get snagged up a little bit. We need to first begin to realize that our motivation has to first start with having the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to allow us to what? To supernaturally love. We need to be thinking about the heart of others before we think about ourselves. We live in a very selfish, selfie mode of world today. Okay, how many people took a selfie of them this week, themselves, this week? Oh, see, some honest people here. Thank you so much. We are in church. You better be honest. <laughs> the reality is, is it, we spend more time thinking about ourselves than we think about other people. But Jesus says there's a more excellent way, and it's an excellent way to love others. And he's not calling us just to love others. He's calling us to the way to love others. It's a sacrificial love. You know why I know this? is because Jesus says we need to love like him. And guess who sacrificed a whole lot to love us? Jesus did. Let's turn to this scripture that talks about this triumphal entry. The week before Jesus is crucified on the cross, he asks his disciples to go get a colt. You can follow along in, in Luke chapter 19. Verse 28, I'm just going to paraphrase the story a little bit because what Jesus has done, he's told his disciples to go get a colt in this other town. I can't believe Jesus asked them to steal a donkey. Is that right that Jesus would do that? Well, he did say if somebody asks you, somebody asks you, go tell them the master needs it. So they go get this colt. They did find the owner. Hey, the master needs it. They get a colt and here comes Jesus riding in on this donkey. And as we already heard this morning, palm branches being waved, the cloaks being laid on the ground. As Jesus comes into Jerusalem, you need to see this. In verse 41 of Luke 19, and when he drew near and saw the city, what did he do? He wept. He wept over it, saying, would that you, even you, had known on this day the things to make for peace? You see, interestingly enough, the disciples didn't understand what it was that Jesus was going to do. You see, they thought that Jesus was going to be this, this reigning king, that he was going to overthrow the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire in the time was, uh, consisted of all the countries that were surrounding the Mediterranean Sea. I won't give you all of them, but you go from Albania to Turkey to uh, Israel to Egypt, 
uh, Morocco, Algeria, I think is up there, northern Africa, and then you scoot around over here to Spain, and above Spain is France and Italy and all those little countries along there. The Roman Empire was significant, and, but yet they were oppressing the people. And yet here they felt like Jesus is the king and he's going to overthrow this, this Roman government. And it's interesting, actually. I want to read this. I, was, I came across this yesterday. When Peter starts rebuking Jesus... First of all, don't rebuke Jesus. Just as a little, uh, just a little helpful hint here. But anyways, in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus begins to foretell of his death and resurrection. Matthew 16, verse 21. And by the way, I'll put these scriptures on our, on our Pembroke Facebook page for you. So if you don't catch them all right now, you can look them up later. It says this, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. And so this is the triumphal entry. He's already going to tell them about his triumphal entry. Go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And on the third day, be raised. And Peter looked at him and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall Never happened to you. But he turned to Peter and he says, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. He was setting his mind on the things of man, not on the things of God. He did not understand what Jesus' purpose was. And as a result, Jesus rebukes him back and says, get behind me, Satan, which in other words saying, you're thinking a worldly way of thinking. Church, I want to encourage us to begin to think differently, to think what the Bible has to say, to think of what the kingdom of God is like, because if we start thinking the way the rest of the world thinks, we're going to get the fruit of the rest of the world gets. And it's not very good fruit. The fruit that the world gets typically goes something like this. Temporary pleasure that leads to depression. Because selfishness will lead to depression every single time. Statistics show that the more selfish you are, the more depressed you are. I saw this stat last night. So Jesus here, he says, get behind me. So then he goes, see, they didn't understand the peace that Jesus was going to bring. They thought in the worldly thing, the peace was going to be, we're going to overcome the Roman Empire, establish a new kingdom, we're going to have peace. But Jesus says, no, 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 there's a a different way we're going to do this. It's It's a more excellent way, and it's a way of sacrificial love. So if we go back to after the triumphal entry, Jesus comes into Jerusalem, he weeps because he says they don't get it. They don't get it. They don't understand And they get so carnal in their thinking. And this is why he goes on to say, so he's he's weeping over it. And he says, Would you, that even you, that would know that this day, the things that made for peace, Jesus now is understanding what peace is, is what Jesus is going to go to the cross. He's going to establish a peace between us and the Father in heaven. 
That's the peace he's talking about. A peace of relationship that was stolen at the Garden of Eden that never was good enough because the animal sacrifices were never good enough so they needed a perfect sacrifice to come and Jesus was going to be that perfect sacrifice. For those days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground. He's speaking over Jerusalem, and we know this is the destruction of Jerusalem that comes in the years ahead. You and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. Church, we need to know the time of his visitation. We need to understand the season of what God is doing. And we need to come to alignment with it, but it always needs to start with love. And that's why I felt a conviction in my heart that I wonder, just wonder, if maybe some of the struggle has been through the changes that you haven't experienced my love for you. You know, I hope that we all come to Jesus first and we want his love first, but something about understanding to know that that their pastor cares for them, that their pastor loves them. And I want you to hear my heart this morning that, that these are just not words, that these are, this is genuine response that God has brought this, this conviction in my heart that, that it's okay to lead, but you know what? We can have gifts galore, but without love, we're nothing, right? That's what that scripture tells us. We're just noise. And the reality is, is we don't want to be noise to each other. We want to do some significant things for the kingdom of God, and that will only happen through unity. That will only happen when we love each other and we're committed to each other and we're determined to fight for the things that God fights for, which is the unity of the Spirit. See, Jesus was willing to sacrifice so much for us. He was willing to to go to the cross for us. You see, sacrificial love is not natural, it's supernatural. Our flesh does not allow us to love the way that Christ loved. So this week, This is how it impacts you. This week, what is it going to look like when you go to work, when you go to school, when you wake up and and there's chaos in your home? How are you going to love? You're going to go to 1 Corinthians 13 and pray this scripture over yourself and say, love is patient and kind. Brothers and sisters, are you kind to one another? Brothers and sisters, are you kind to one another? I'm just looking at my own kids, by the way, when I say that. (laughs) Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. I know some of you guys, when you get hungry, you get a little irritable. Ask for supernatural love in that moment and overcome the irritability. <laughs> I know, we, we blame it on blood sugar levels. Like, I need food. It's just our way of getting off the hook of being irritable. That's all it is. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, 
Listen to me. When, when your work environment is such that you've got that crazy person at work that all of a sudden gets snagged by the boss for doing something stupid, and what's your reaction? Is your reaction to rejoice at wrongdoing, or do we rejoice in the truth, which is God loves that person? Jesus died on the cross for that person. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Love never ends. But I do understand that sometimes we have situations that seem so difficult and we do not feel that we have a loving bone in our body at that moment in time. But that's when we need to say, Holy Spirit, I need this gift of love right now. I need this fruit to come out of my, my being that I love the way that you love Jesus. You were willing to go to the cross for us. You were willing to be beaten. You were willing to be pierced, bruised, crushed for us, for us. I share another verse with you. You want to know how we are to love one another? John chapter 15, verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. How did Jesus love us? Sacrificially. Greater love has no one than this, than someone laying down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. These are Jesus' words. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, that he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. The reason why I love like this is supernatural because it doesn't come very naturally to us. We typically are selfish by nature. But no greater is this than a person who will lay down his life for a friend. We're friends here. Would we continue to love the way that Jesus asked us to love? That sacrificial love that's not so natural, that needs to be supernatural? Palm Sunday. Hosanna. Hosanna. 
believing the way to be the top of the world was to overthrow a worldly power. But the reality is the way to be on the top of the world is to sacrifice in our love for one another. Would we choose this week to do that? Would we choose to invite our family and friends to to church to help them experience this kind of love? In the Old Testament, in Isaiah chapter 53, remember Old Testament, this is before Jesus came on the scene, so this is a prophetic writing. Isaiah, who wrote these words, which is foretelling of the Messiah of Jesus Christ coming to this earth. Verse 2, for he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form of majesty that we could look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid their face, He was despised and he was esteemed not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. That's the peace he's talking about. Not overcoming the enemies of the world, but the peace of our heart that that is found by pure love. That he went to the cross to, to reconcile our relationship to the Father in heaven. That's the way that God wanted it from the beginning. To be close to us, to be our dad to walk with us, to be with us. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. This morning, would you take a moment and reflect on where you've come from? what Jesus has brought you through and what he saved you from. If you're here today and, and you're saying, well, I don't have this peace yet. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. See, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned away, everyone his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that was led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. That's sacrificial love. That's what Jesus has done for you and for me. Let's pray. Jesus, you modeled the most excellent way, the way of love. 
Your scripture has told us this is the attributes of love. Let us this week begin to live those qualities out. Not on our own strength, Holy Spirit, fill us that we might do this out of a response to your infilling of your presence in our lives. Father, thank you so much for Jesus that we can approach and receive him into our life and say thank you for forgiving us that we might have peace in our soul. I'm mindful that there are some here this morning that have not had an opportunity to receive that peace in your life. You still feel a lack of peace. You, ha- you don't have peace. You didn't know what it means to, to have a relationship with your Father in heaven. And I want to introduce you to Jesus who can give you that peace. If that's you this morning, would you just, while everybody's eyes are still closed, would you just slip up your hand so I can pray with you? Would you like this peace that Jesus offers? Yes, yes, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Put your hands down. Thank you. Anybody else? Just slip it back up. Thank you. Just to yourself, you can repeat this prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. for bringing peace into my heart today. Please forgive me from all the things that I've done in my past. I repent and I go the other way. I'm going to run the other way. I'm going to run towards you. I'm going to run away from the junk of my past. The sin in my life, I'm going to set it down. I'm going to now follow you. I'm going to put you the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me peace. Thank you for knowing that I am now a part of your family. Thank you that I can now have a relationship with my Father in heaven. Because of you, Jesus. I make you the Lord of my life. Everything pales in comparison to following you. Jesus, I celebrate with all those who said, yes, I want, to, I want to have peace in my heart today. We know that only comes by you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, it's my deep heart, my deep, deep heart in prayer that this congregation knows how much I love them. knows how much I pray for them. Knows how much I want the best for them. Father, I pray if there's been any who still struggle that, God, we would spend time to find a way forward to help bring peace into relationships. God, that we would encourage one another with deep love and conviction, that we would hope for the best of each other, that, Father, we would be a church, a mature bride that would begin to rise up, that the community around would say, this is a church that has something special, 
that loves each other so deeply that, that this is not natural. This what's going on here. Oh God, that we would be that church. And God, as we would join with all of our community churches and all the other churches in our, in our area, and Father, as we would begin to look at how we partner with others, and Lord, that we would be out of a motivation and of love and of unity and of a heart to build up and not tear down. Father, we love you. This is your church. This is your church. This is your bride. Let us love, which is the most excellent way. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to remind you, on the end of that love chapter, chapter 14 says this. Verse 1, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. You see, it's both and. It's both and. Pursue prophecy. Pursue words of wisdom. Pursue words of knowledge. Pursue healing. Pursue miracles. Pursue, pursue tongues, interpretation of tongues. All these gifts, but it better lead out in love. It better lead out in love because if it doesn't, it's just noise. Church, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love each one of you. Our days ahead of us are going to be fantastic. The days ahead of us are going to be fantastic because we're following the Lord. We're following the lead of the Holy Spirit. following the King of Kings. Good Friday, this Friday, 6.30, Easter Sunday. Watch out. It's going to be amazing. Have an amazing day. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 